0: you are going to discover the business growth secrets you have been looking for that I've used to sell over £50 million worth of products and services on social media and help clients everywhere to grow their businesses on the demand. So let's get started on the Business Growth Secrets podcast. Hello everybody and welcome to this very special episode of Business Growth Secrets. I have got a global entrepreneur with me today that I'm really, really excited to introduce, uh, which is Tara Lavani, who has the brand Beautyfect, which has been uh, stocked, inherited as a bestseller, has gone global, um, has achieved some amazing things, revolutionizing the beauty industry. So I'm really pleased to have you here, Tara. Uh, thanks for coming on. And I'm really looking to have a good chat about your business growth journey.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Brilliant. Well, we're we're at a great stage of the business now. You've you've been running the business and we spoke previously, you're a bestseller in Harrods, you're in multiple different stores and you're going global with this business and it's been a, a huge success story. And what I really love to cover for... The entrepreneurs that are listening and business owners that are listening is that journey, because there's a lot of people on that will be listening right now that maybe have had some ups and downs. They've got big ambitions, but not quite been able to pull them off. Um, But for someone that's uh, been able to go on this journey and create some massive impact, it'd be great to hear where did this all start? How did this business start in your mind? What was the beginning like and, and what sort of challenges did you have?
1: So actually at the beginning I wasn't actually looking for a business. I was genuinely looking for a solution to my own problem. I used to be a dental surgeon, so not coming from a business background at all. And I was just fed up of having poor lighting when it came to doing my makeup and my skincare every day. I was I was tired of always being tied down to one place. And quite honestly, I just needed this product, which is the Beautifette box, in my life. I and mean, when I couldn't find it on the market, I couldn't believe that something so obvious almost didn't exist and that's when I started this journey and um was born.
0: Which I love that because it's started out of a problem and and then you've obviously rapidly realized that a lot of other people have had that problem right and yeah. and you talked to a lot before when we were having a catch-up and a chat that you know the beauty industry really has been quite stagnant in terms of innovation and and this being a, a great innovation that you've brought in you know, what was, so after you solved the problem for you, how did you go about solving that first of all, before we skip too far ahead?
1: Yeah, so when I had the idea, what I imagined is now the beauty effect box. So I imagined having real quality light that allows you to see yourself in real environments. So we all know to get the best result when we're doing our makeup, we should be doing it in daylight, but it didn't exist combined with your makeup. So what we developed is the world's leading lighting technology that allows you to actually simulate the real environment at home. So from the comfort of your your desk, your bed, your dressing table, anywhere in your home, you can have the perfect daylight setting. You can adjust your makeup for where you're going. So daylight is great if you're going out in the day, but if you're going out in the evening time, you wanna see how your makeup's gonna look in that setting. And the lighting changes the whole appearance of your makeup. So it's important to actually do it for where you're going. So we've simulated evening light, office, studio, daylight, bright sun. And, and then the way that we've organized the storage is that you can easily find your makeup. So there's no more rummaging around messy makeup bags. Everything's in one place. It's in its section. You can pick it up, use it. And as a result, you do your makeup in half the time with half the effort, We you look twice as good because you're not guessing what you look like anymore. <laughs> so um, so that, that was a product really. And then how I went about making that into a business. That was obviously the long part of the journey. So I went from... Firstly, checking if it wasn't making sure it wasn't just me that needed this product, if it actually could be a viable business, because uh, it's all very good that I needed it. But how how is everyone else doing their makeup? So when I looked into it and some research on this, I found that people had just accepted the way that they did the makeup involved. Involved it being like a chore really every day, having to work through messy makeup bags, propping up mirrors across the room near a window, trying to get some natural light. So, this problem and the way that women had been doing their makeup hadn't changed in over 100 years. Our mothers, grandmothers, great grandmothers had all been doing their makeup the same old way, sitting at a dressing table or standing in a bathroom. So, it quickly became very, very obvious that this product needed to exist. So, I set about the journey to, to creating it. And that was a long, drawn out process of prototyping, working with engineers, but actually creating their lighting. And then um, once we've got a working prototype, finding a manufacturer who could actually make this product, that, that whole process took, took two plus years. And then obviously, then trademarking the name, patenting the designs in every major market in the world, because it was clear from, to me from the beginning that this product was needed everywhere, not just in the UK where I was based, but literally everywhere.
0: So it's a hell of a lot there, right? First thing sure. I want to pick up on, which is really important, is the, is the market research that you did, making sure that other people have that problem. I think that's something a lot of people don't do. They sort of fall in love with their idea, but they don't check if uh, that idea is going to be suitable for enough people. How did you go about that? And, you know, what would you say to another entrepreneur that's got a great idea, wants to follow through and create something that they feel will be really useful in the marketplace? What, what was kind of, how did you do that? And is there any particular tips that you would give to the entrepreneurs listening on that?
1: Yeah, so I think it's really crucial. Like you said, a lot of people skip that step, and that's a massive mistake and a huge red flag for any business because just because something doesn't exist doesn't make it a good a good idea. There may yeah. be a reason why it doesn't exist. Mm. So really look into that, understand if that product isn't already out there, you know, what is the alternative? perhaps the alternative is easier than, than your solution. And that's why no one needs it. So for me, it was about really understanding how is everyone doing their makeup currently? The last thing you want to do is start going around and telling everyone what your idea is. That That is a big mistake as well. So I would really recommend, and what I did was keep kept the idea to myself. I had no idea when I first had it that it was going to take so long to develop. If I started telling everyone, someone else may have done it for mm-hmm. me, or someone may have put me off doing it. They may have thought, that's a crazy idea. That's not going to work. So you Good mustn't point. let, yeah, so it's best to keep it quiet. And otherwise, you let other people's doubts become your doubts. Yeah. And at that early stage of your business, you really don't want to be having doubts. You need to be really positive. So when you do the market research, you just find out what is the alternative to your, to your solution. How is everyone currently solving that problem? And realistically, is is your product going to make their lives easier? Because when you make a product, you want to make something not just what people want, but something they actually really need.
0: Mm. And and I love that. I love that ob- observation of, of keeping yourself. Because actually my next question was, you know, in that two, two year journey, what mm. did you have doubts? Were there moments where you had a prototype, for example, and you just went, This is not it? You know, what you know, did you have all these sort of ups and downs along the way or some challenges? You know, was there a moment that you just felt like I, I, this isn't going to come to fruition. Was there, uh, you know, no. some challenges like that?
1: There, there was lots of challenges like that, and I think with any business, if anyone told you there wasn't a challenge, they're, they're probably oh. not doing it right. Every single day, even to this day, and we're you know past three year point now, that since launch, that there there's always challenges. And actually, a good piece of advice my husband gave me early on, and that was during that process where, where before we launched, setting up the business, and I had a particularly bad challenging day where. Everything that could go wrong was going wrong. And I remember he came home from work and said, you know, what, what's, what's up? And I was telling him about my day. And he said to me that when you run a company, it's like putting out fires every single day. You're not sitting around patting yourself on the back about how well everything is going. It is about overcoming challenges on a daily basis. Mm. And, and that's with every business. So when I when that really absorbed in, I realized quickly that when things are going wrong, There's actually nothing wrong with that. That is actually what business is about. And things do go wrong. It's how you overcome these challenges, which determines the success or failure of your business. So there's moments in your life, I feel like, where you've got to either step up or step out the way. And that was really that moment for me where I was like, I am ready to embrace whatever challenges come my way. And it just gave me that kind of fighter spirit that, no, okay, this is wrong. Let's find a solution. Mm. Uh, And every day this happens. uh, So it is really key to keep that, keep your, the big picture in mind. And if you want to achieve something big, you can't let the small things derail you. Um,
0: Absolutely. And it must be that coming from a a different career path Mm. to going into being a a business entrepreneur. How did you find that? Because a lot of people that go through that challenge, and I'd love to hear you know, from, from, from your own words, how you found that?
1: So I think firstly, you shouldn't let your past define your future. So just because I trained for six years, become a dental surgeon, I practiced for over 10 years as a dentist in London. doesn't, that doesn't define my whole future. It doesn't mean that's what I've done. Okay. That's the last 16 years of my life. That's what I've got to do forever. I think sometimes you don't know what your passion is until you truly find it. When you decide what you want to do with your with your career and you go into college or university, you're, you're a child still. You're a teenager at that stage. You're not supposed to have it all figured out by then. I think none of us have got it all figured out any any age, really. So yeah. if you suddenly decide that, you know, you want to try something else, I think that's completely fine. But I don't believe in quitting something because it's difficult. Um, as any entrepreneur will tell you, there is going to be loads of challenges and there's going to be days when you're thinking, why am I doing this? But what keeps you going is that that vision of what you're trying to build and why you're doing it in the first place. Remembering that core core message and feeling that it gave you while you're doing it keeps you going and keeps you coming on the hurdles. Uh,
0: absolutely. and And that, I think, is really good observations because a lot of people – you know change a career and sometimes it's uh people's motivations for getting into business is they think it's going to be easier or think the grass is greener the reality is it is full of challenges but that should you should fall in, fall in love with the challenges and if you fall in love with the challenges it keeps you entertained it keeps you on your toes it keeps you m- making you better right have you found this making you better you know, you know is it found you have you know going through this journey is it what's it how have you changed
1: i feel like for me it's Coming from a dental background, being a dentist is not something you can kind of learn on the job. Um, You know, you have to go to university, train, and then you can do it. And having that background, I've always felt like that with anything. If something I didn't know fully, I would always shy away from it because I would always feel like coming from a science background, you have to learn and be qualified in what you're doing. And you go to experts for everything. I, I didn't realize that it's something which... Just just because you don't know something doesn't mean you can't try it. And I think that's what I've learned. And I feel like launching a business is kind of like jumping off the edge of a cliff and figuring out how to build a parachute on the way down. <laughs> yeah, it, for sure. A leap, it's that leap of faith, right, that you have to take. And, and you, do, you don't have it figured out on day one. You know, you, you don't have it figured out on day, you know, 352. You don't, you don't have it figured out the whole way through. You're figuring out as you go. But that's the excitement. But you've yeah. got to truly love what you're doing because, say for example, I had had, um, you know, I'd figured out a solution for a plumbing device, you yeah. know, a screwdriver or something random like that. I don't think I could have got this far with that product, yeah. even though it could have been a great solution and it could have solved a problem for a lot of people, because I, I'm not, I'm not that passionate about plumbing. That I'm not going to give it my 110, percent and I feel. With any business that you're launching, you, you, especially when you're starting something from scratch, you know, a product which it doesn't exist, you really have to give it your 110%. And you've got to be focused. You can't try and do a million things all at once. You've got to be focused on what you're doing. And these people can't, have come up to me and said, you know, I've got two businesses. I'm doing this, and that's not going well. I'm doing this other one, and that was a really good idea, but that's not going well. I said, well, straight away, you're doing two businesses. How can you expect to compete? With one person doing either of those businesses full time, exactly. when you're doing two, you're, even if you give it your 100%, each has them got 50% of your time. That's not enough to make it successful. You've got to give it your all. And the best way to do that is, do, is pick something that you're passionate about, that you can. And it actually, it, I'm not going to say it doesn't feel like work, because it is hard work, but you enjoy it still.
0: And I love the analogy. Like I'm totally on board with what you're saying there. I think that, you know, often I will meet people. Obviously, I train thousands of business owners and often I meet people. So I've got five businesses, which basically means you've got four startups and one is being rinsed from the other four, right? In terms of the the, the, the cash going out and and then they split their time so much and they're overwhelmed, they're stuck, frustrated, where it is just my my sort of philosophy has always been to go all in with focus on one. You know, and drive that business until you get it to where you want to be, and then you can look at: is it exit? Is it you know build a team to step away, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So everything that you're saying, absolutely nailed on. The products are great, by the way. You got the products in the Thank back. You. I can Thank see you. them. Yeah. I look at. Yeah,
1: look I should at, just use it to get ready now. My my, my actual and my own makeup is right here. <laughs> <It's at my laughs> yeah, they, can jungle. you show
0: me? I, I don't, people yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. the, the quality this looks is- amazing. Yeah, how, yeah. How unrelenting were you? in the quality of this product because it does look it looks amazing
1: yeah i mean i'm a perfectionist uh anyone will tell you and the amount of detail i go into is it's insane to most people it really is and when i was developing this product i was developing a solution to my own problem so every single aspect i spent time on and i wasn't in a rush like i said i wasn't looking for a business it wasn't my idea wasn't let me quickly just make something yeah check it out in the market it wasn't about that it was about really making the best solution for the problem and that's why i spent so long you know developing the lighting technology like i said it simulates real environments from evening light through to office studio daylight bright sun so you adjust your makeup for where you're going each setting has got three levels of brightness a single charge can last you up to one month of use because God. the product's all about convenience. And then we've done a special torque hinge system that allows the mirror to tilt to any position. So, sorry, the angle's a bit funny here when I'm sitting. So you can <laughs> see it. But, but no matter where you're sitting, I can leave it. I don't have to prop it up. It will, it will counterbalance. And you can sit with it on your lap, on your bed, in the back of a car. which I've done many times. And it's always comfortable. The whole idea is something that you're doing every single day to, you want to look good to feel good the process by which we were doing our makeup wasn't a feel-good process. It was feeling like a chore. So Mm. when it's easy, everything's organized, it's in its place. You just pick it up, use it, and just chuck it back in there. It's tidy. There's no mess. I think that's why a lot of um, husbands and boyfriends love this as a gift. It's been very popular right now for Christmas. I'm just
0: literally thinking that.
1: There's no mess mess in the house anymore. Yeah. Everything in one in one space is really compact and it fits in your daily makeup so easily. Because not of a large makeup bag fits in here and it's all by blue so it stays looking beautiful day in, day out. And when you're done, you just literally close it up. There you go. Everything stays yeah. in this place and carried around. So it all started with this, which is a effect box. Uh, and it, it literally has revolutionized an area of beauty that hadn't seen innovation for over a hundred years. So it's insane to me that this is how everyone has been doing their makeup up until now. And I think that's why it's been so popular, because I think when you see it, if you don't realize straight away you need this product, the second day when you're doing your makeup in an inconvenient way, with rubbish, poor lighting quality, guessing what you look like, you know, blending colors, and you don't even know what the final result is. um, In this day and age, we really shouldn't be having makeup mishaps. Our lives are very different to how our great-grandmother's lives were. We're very busy. We're on the go. We've got to do things in less time. We've got so many more juggling balls in the air. And I feel like this takes out one of those balls. It allows me to get ready on the way out. Like I said, at my desk before the Zoom call, um, at the breakfast table sometimes, having my breakfast before I leave the house. Um, It's just it fits around your routine rather than you having to make extra time for it.
0: And and how did that? So she went through this two year struggle. You got the product there. Mm -hmm. You got it into the stores. Did you first sell it online? Was it, first of all, uh, something that you sold online? Or how? What was, the, what was the journey of marketing this product? Because, again, when you have a product that people are not aware of and they don't know they need, you know, you've got to do some education around that, right? Mm. So what was your, yeah. your strategy for taking it to market?
1: Well, that's an interesting one. So when I was developing this product, I had no idea by the time it was going to be ready to launch, there was going to be a global pandemic. Mm. So my initial plan was, of course, to have it in all the stores, and and that's what the plan would have been. However, everything was was closed, so I had to then gear my website up to be D 2 C and change my whole strategy. And that took that process took about six months to do. And when I was happy with the final product and the website, and we were ready to go, there was no end in sight of the pandemic. That I decided just to launch. It, it was it was nerve wracking because I was developing a product that gets you ready in half the time with half the effort and makes you look twice as good. But we're launching a time where everyone's got all the time in the world. They're not going out. So quite frankly, they don't need to look any good. So I'm thinking, is this the right time to be launching a product that I've spent years on? But I just took that leap of faith, that jump off that cliff. I, I took it. I was like, you know what, I'm going to do this. And that was the best thing I did. What, what we had projected to do in the first year We did in the first quarter in terms of sales, and we went on to be sold out twice that year. We we got into Harrods was our first retailer, and I think that happened probably because of the pandemic in some in some way because because we launched direct to consumer, we started understanding who our market was. We knew we had that luxury customer, and uh, we aligned with the same principles as Harrods, so it was like an obvious collaboration there, and um, it probably made, you know, looking back, it wasn't the plan, but sometimes you've got to make the new plan your plan. You've got to pivot the plan according to what's going on because everything's not always in your control. What is in control is the decisions you make. And sometimes they're risky ones. And I feel like you have to be prepared to take that risk. So it was risky for us launching without any any retailer, just launching direct to consumer, trying to get this product. Like I said, it's, it's education. It's like, it's a new product. You know, people might look at it and think it's just it's a vanity vanity box. Why would I want to pay so much money for a vanity box? For them to understand that this is the leading lighting technology that allows you to see real environments, simulating real daylight, so you don't have to guess what you look like anymore. Everything combined is replacing the need for a separate dressing table, separate mirror, separate storage, all into one convenient place. That that's a lot to say. And on a website. People no. don't like to read. You know, no, no one likes to read. We've got a website. You, you just want to. Uh, so it you know, was what really I will
0: important. say that I've observed is that your your language around the descriptions of the products are very excellent. You oh, know. Thank you. Yeah. And I think that if people in terms of describing their products, describing the benefits and, you know, describing very incisive in terms of half the time twice Mm -hmm. as good all of this type of language is very influence-based which is great and i think and i Mm -hmm. think that's amazing lesson for people that are listening um how much time did you spend on that you know i I think that that's because i think for me it's critically important but i feel for a lot of business owners spending time on the message defining the message is that something that's natural to you or something you worked on
1: i think um it's kind of progressed as we understand the product better and better ourselves. So obviously it started off with the beautiful box, but we've developed into so much more. Uh, we're now the go-to place for the best-in-class beauty tools. Uh, probably, probably globally, there's no other brand that's doing tools and devices to the level that we're doing them. In fact, even on our newest product, I'll show you this. I've got this here. This is the um, beautiful glow mirror. Um, We won the Best Makeup Mirror with Lights 2023 by Elle Magazine during its soft launch. It's uh, incredible for the design. It's rechargeable as well. You can use it across your house. The lighting is amazing. It simulates the different environments as well, so you can get ready for where you're going. And this was a product that already existed, but we've we've reinvented it. It doesn't have to look clunky. This is portable. It's easy to use. So in terms of the messaging, I think understanding really what you've made and for me because i i'm the person making these products so i know what i'm trying to create so I'll probably it's easier for me to communicate what that product does if than if i was just you know selling you know what, great messaging it's simple
0: messaging right it's, it's just simply describing how you're helping someone right it's, it's great messaging
1: yeah. that's what it is. And I think a lot of people, um, I'm not sure if you had a chance to go on our website, beautyfet.com. But if you look at it, we, we get a lot of compliments on the website because it is incisive. It's, it's not so much, so much text, which, you know, we, we've got, we've got the clear messages, what the product does, clear imagery, without having to read, the message should be clear. And I think for any website, really, when someone comes on within a few seconds, they should know what you do and why they need you. That's what you've got to communicate in as less words as possible. What you do and why they need you.
0: Love it, yeah, love it. Great, great advice. So, so now in terms of this journey, uh, you you've got it into Harrods. You then obviously it's a brilliant retailer to get into. You know, one of the, mm-hmm. one of the certainly in the UK
1: most luxurious um, in the world, actually. It's, yeah, yeah, nothing Abs- like it.
0: Absolutely crazy. Right? How did that feel, first of all?
1: It, it was a real moment, I have to say. It's you know Harrods, obviously. Um, it's world-renowned and it is the most luxurious retailer in the world. You know, we've looked at now retailers, we're working with other retailers, but there's nothing that compares to it in terms of luxury. So being, you know, having that as our first retailer or, or at any point in the journey is a real is a real achievement. And I feel like for us, getting that early on was a real seal of approval for the product. And it gave me that confidence to keep driving forward and, and and, and it helped because we're trying to break through um, into a very saturated market of beauty. Although we're making, we've made a new product in there, it's a very busy market for sure. Beauty is, you know, so many new brands, mm. a lot of celebrity brands, uh, you know, it's so much easy for them to get traction when they're already so well-known. And for me, I didn't launch with a huge budget. I've self-funded my whole business from the start. I didn't even take investment from my husband um which which was you know which was strange to everybody and um and for me it was all about that I have to do this myself and you know I'm very I'm very fortunate that I've got a really supportive husband and he's a great mentor to me um mm-hmm. I don't know if you've actually had him on the show or not I know you I've, I've had him on the show and he was you've correct. had him on the show yeah yeah, yeah had, I, thought you, I, might, you have, I, yeah, I thought you might have yeah so I
0: thought you really, insights on branding as well actually you know I, th- I thought that that was from the conversation I specifically remember being very impressed around the brand and and also the um the 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 way that he fought things through seemed very patient seemed very
1: very uh, patient yeah yeah that's actually I'm impressed with your with your kind of summary of of him because that's exactly correct on him he's so patient and sometimes I, I feel like I need to learn that because I'm a little bit like I've everything done yesterday I think and when you're
0: inpatient it's easy to see who's patient
1: yeah yeah definitely yeah exactly um so yeah like that. and he's really good at multitasking really really good at multitasking so it puts anyone to shame when it comes to multitasking so for me when I'm doing something I have to be focused on that one thing and finish that with. he can be doing so many various things all at once and do them all really really well so I think having him as a mentor has really, really helped me. He, he's amazing on branding. So I always get him to just, if he's free, just to have a quick overlook at new designs of, uh, of our packaging, et cetera. He's really, really good at that. But overall, and, and he'll tell you this, that for me, it's about, I wanted to fund it myself because I want to be the ultimate one who's responsible for, for the business. And I feel like when you've got external funds coming in, you have to listen to people and I'm happy to listen to people, but ultimately I want to make that final decision. Right? Yeah. yeah. Cause I feel like as a founder, you've got a vision for what you're trying to build. And if you have to, you have to compromise too much on that vision, you lose sight of it. And, and I didn't want to do that. So it was important for me to build oh, this myself, my way. And, the, and the if ment- I'm, sorry.
0: yeah, sorry. As I was going to say, the the mentorship side though, is, is, it's so important for for business owners. So, so important because you can take so obviously you've got this massive passion you've got this great idea you know and and to have that that mentor is 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 amazing right and to be able to have that that process for me it's been everything right I I think that that's a big big thing but you know you and that's why great ideas like the you know really pushing this business forward I love the fact that you've done it yourself self-funded because uh, I can tell anyway, talking to you, the passion that you've got for this business mm-hmm. seems massive and it seems like it's going to go a long, long way. And which brings me to sort of my next question, like what's next? You know, what, what's the what's the plan? You know, where are you taking this? You, you've got global global stores now, global reach. I right? understand.
1: Yeah. So we're actually where our largest market is the US. So um, I'm proud to say we've got some big, big celebrities who are customers. You know, it's easy to gift people the product, but when they're actually buying it because they love the product, it, it's a great, again, you know, feeling of, um, you know, you're doing the right thing. You're making products that people love. And we're going we're we're to keep expanding on that. So we've got some amazing products in the pipeline that we're working on right now, creating, and I'm so excited for 2024 to launch these products. And and yeah, just keep, just keep growing, keep innovating. I feel like people say, you know, if it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's complete nonsense. If if you wait for things to be broke to fix them, you're too late. You've got to keep innovating, keep fixing, keep making things better. And, and that's what we're doing. So that, that's where, where I love to spend a lot of my time actually making new, creating new products. And for 2024, we've got some big plans for expansion. The team has grown for the first up to almost two years it was just three of us in the business. So there's nine of us now full time in the business, which is... Uh, which is huge uh so now we've got all these new team members we're, we're focusing on new retailer growth new how country. You found
0: that someone that had been like you had this crane changing career path what's that been how have you found that as an individual building teams and has that been a challenge for you or something that you found that you've you've took to
1: um no it's, it's definitely been a challenge for sure i think i think everything when when something's new it's always quite challenging i don't think I said the only thing that's come really naturally to me is actually developing products, because um, I think even from when I was younger, I used to always like have something. I think, oh, this would be so much better if it did this, or if it was like this. That that part comes naturally to me, but everything else I'm learning. So building the team for the first, like I said, almost two years, there was only just three of us in the t- in the team, and we all had to wear a lot of hats. And I think for any entrepreneur, I would recommend that in the beginning because you know the days of taking external funding blowing it on a multitude of staff that you don't need fancy offices those days have gone now business actually means making profit and you can't do that when you hire loads and loads of staff right from the get go so we had to be resourceful because i had no choice and because of that you do learn your business inside out there's so many different cogs that make the wheel turn and i feel like as a as a business as a founder as a ceo you need to really understand how each one of those cogs really works and if you you know, if one of them is not performing properly or it's broken, you will have an understanding of how to fix it rather than having to always turn to someone. Because probably one of the things I realized in this journey is, and it was a surprise to me that actually the kind of experts, what you think are experts, are not usually experts. And your own instinct as a founder of the business actually goes a lot further than their expert expertise in the area. Um, that was That was a surprise to me because, you know, in the beginning like for the website build, I went to experts. It wasn't good. I had to completely change the whole website. And and every step of the way, we've done that. And whenever we've trusted our own gut feeling, that's what's worked. So I think believing in yourself is really crucial. But going back to your point about hiring people, I, I, I listen to my gut. That's what I do. So people say, you know, take your time to hire, but be quick to fire. So I agree with the latter part of that. You have to be quick to fire, but you don't necessarily have to take so long to to hire as well, because I feel like when I, I could, I could keep interviewing for months, but it doesn't make a difference. I could, the first person I could interview, I could have that feeling that that's the right fit and and you can hire someone. So I think listen to your gut about who you hire, making sure they have the right, they share the same vision as you, Obviously, it's not going to be exactly the same because they're not the founder of the business, but they understand the vision and what you're trying to build, and they want to be on that journey to build it. The the dynamics of a startup are so much different to a larger established business. It's not like a, a nine to five job. You've got to constantly be pushing, growing the business, having ideas. You don't have to stay in your own lane. You have to cross lanes, get involved. Uh, cross onto the other side of the motorway. In fact, not not just be coming going onto head-on traffic. That's what you've got to do, and you quickly find that out when you're speaking to someone. If someone's prepared to do that that jump, you know, if they're not, then they're probably not the right fit for a startup.
0: And and it seems like you know you, you you're happy to have those candid conversations as well,
1: right? I do yeah I'm very <laughs> uh, direct I think you can see yeah. it. I'm, I the point
0: it helps um, it, it yeah. helps so much right just <laughs> well, so much. sometimes
1: you know I'll be at dinner with my husband and other people and and I get like a little tap under the table, like, oh, you can't say that. You can't say that.
0: <laughs> I, <laughs> I think, think it, else, especially, it especially in hiring, to be candid because you've got to live with that person, essentially. Yeah. And if you're not prepared to have a conversation with them up front, it's going to be a lot harder three months down the line,
1: right? So it's better to get it out. Yeah, I think it's better <clears> to <throat> just let people know what you expect, really, from the beginning. And, and they'd be honest and tell you the truth of what they're prepared to give rather than what they think you want to hear. Because that doesn't help anyone. It wastes your time, it wastes their time, and and it, it's just not worthwhile. And and really, as a startup with a small team, you don't have time to waste. You really don't. So you need to get straight to the point and uh, and get the right people. And you know we've had people, we've had the wrong people, and they've gone. So yeah. you know it's it's worked both ways. But I, I'm really happy with the core team that we've got right now. They're all really fantastic. They, you know, you can see everyone's really hardworking. Everyone really cares about the business and what's the best for it. And that's the people you want to surround yourself with, positive as well. And, you know, they're not dwelling always on the challenges. They're looking for solutions as well.
0: No, br- brilliant. I mean, look, I've really enjoyed the conversation. Love talking to you. Love the products. I think the products are amazing. Where, if somebody wanted to go and check these out, where's the best place for them to go?
1: So beautifect.com is our is uh, our website. Uh, we're in Harrods in the UK. We're in Fennec. We're in Sephora as well. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, beautifect.com otherwise.
0: go go and check it out gentlemen for uh for 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 christmas presents and ladies definitely go and check it out because they look amazing obviously you're hearing this maybe not seeing it um but for sure they look absolutely incredible look i'd love to hearing about the journey and and love to hear more about the journey maybe a catch-up chat um yeah. a couple of years down the line to see because I think this is certainly going places and I loved hearing all about it thank you for coming on and and for everyone that's been listening go and check out the website uh beauty beautyvec.com or beautyvec.com And uh, of course, if you've enjoyed listening to this episode, make sure to share that with somebody that could get some value. Perhaps, you know, someone in the beauty industry, uh, you know, someone that's starting a business, creating a product, go and share this episode with them to give them some motivation, inspiration. And thank you again for listening today. Hey everybody, Adam here, and I hope you loved today's episode. I hope you thought it was fabulous, and if you did, I'd like to ask you a small favour. Could you jump over and go and give the podcast a review? Of course, I'll be super grateful if that is a five-star review. We're putting our all into this podcast for you, delivering you the content, giving you the secrets, and if you've enjoyed it, please go and give us a review and talk about what your favourite episode is perhaps